But first, I'm delighted to be speaking with Hugh Young, manager of the Far East Fund, who joins me on the line from Singapore. Welcome, Hugh. It's great to be speaking with you today. Uh, Super, Chris. It's been an interesting 12 months in the Far East, with plenty for investors to consider. The slowdown in China, the Bank of Japan's recently announced monetary stimulus programme. How do these factors shape your thinking on, on the development of the portfolio? Well, they're very important to the background of the portfolio, and clearly things like China slowing is a a big issue for Asia. In fact, as far as we're concerned, it's been slowing for quite a few years already, so the news is is not terribly new to us, Uh, and we've been relatively light in China for a while. Uh, As far as the portfolio is concerned, I would say we're not terribly driven by the top-down economic outlook for the region. It is far more a concentration on the individual stocks that we put in the portfolio. So so whilst the background is obviously very, very important, rarely does it prompt us to sell one stock and buy another just because the macro is changing. But obviously, the Japanese market has moved quite substantially over the past couple of years. How have you found the opportunity set for companies that you're looking to invest in over that period of time? If anything, I would say Japan has improved, not so much from Arbenomics itself and the stimulus Abe has been giving the economy and the money, essentially, he's been printing, much the same as many other countries have been. But I think far more key for us has been the emphasis on individual companies, particularly most recently as part of the third arrow of Arbenomics has been this Ito report that has very much to do with how individual companies are, are measured and ranked and how they look after shareholders. Now, now that for us, I would say, is far more key than the broader economic measures he has taken and made us a lot more encouraged about the outlook for Japanese companies themselves. I know one of the factors that you always look at, Hugh, is the quality of the management team. And and obviously, their interaction with shareholders is going to be very important, as you just described. What are the key attributes you look for when you're meeting management? Well, we're looking for management with the depth and experience to manage a business. It's particularly important that there aren't just one or two individuals, but there's a big slate of individuals who are capable of running a company. Succession planning, for example, is a, a, a very important factor when we look at companies. And then, of course, the most important thing is how they do look after shareholders and how they act on behalf of all shareholders equally rather than particular vested interests. And do you see that progression of, of focus on shareholders continuing to improve in the region? And what, what would be good examples of where that, that pace has speeded up and perhaps where it's not gone quite as quickly as you would have liked? Yes, generally, the region has accelerated. It it particularly happened in a historic context back in the Asian crisis, which is now 15 or more years ago, so a long time ago. But there, Asia had committed many sins and didn't really have a strong governance code. And it's strengthened substantially since then. Countries like uh, Singapore, for example, leading the way with independent directors, terms and renewals of board members, which is very important, getting younger people on boards. And it's starting to pick up in Japan. Japan is still slow, so not that many Japanese companies have a raft of independent directors. Um, Very few, if any, uh, have a majority of independent directors. Uh, that is clearly changing now. So so things are changing, but Japan is, is, is happening slowly. And do you think, therefore, that quality of management and the way in which they relate to shareholders is, can now be measured fairly against the Western world? Yes, I think Asia has some of the 
best managed companies. And again, the West is not as pure as it may seem either. So, uh, so it's never a clear divide between the two. You have some superb companies with great governance in places like India. Uh, yet at the same time in India, you'll also have some of the, the worst companies. Let's go and talk a bit about stocks here, if we can. And I wanted to focus a bit on technology, which is an important feature of the portfolio. If I, if I took a holding like Samsung, for example, what makes you consider that Samsung is still going to be able to retain its place as a global market leader in technology? It's never going to be easy for anyone to assure investors that they will always retain the place in uh, technology because technology, as we all know, is so fast evolving. So yesterday's winners are not guaranteed to be tomorrow's winners. The important thing with Samsung, I think, is that it has shown itself capable of evolving and adapting, which in many ways is not typical of many traditional manufacturing companies in Asia. And and one must remember that Samsung started as a manufacturing company, but has now taken on uh, quite a technical expertise that many other Asian companies haven't been able to bridge that gap. And I think Samsung's success is due in large part to its ability to attract quality individuals irrespective of nationality. So if you look deep within Samsung, you will see a whole raft of non-Korean faces and individuals. And I think that's what is certainly giving it a very good chance of keeping at the top of its business. And what about the banking stocks you hold in the portfolio? Obviously, the problems with UK banks have been well documented, but uh, I think you hold a a number of banks across various countries in the Far East. What are the benefits from holding banking shares in in your portfolio? In many ways, banking shares in this part of the world are are very simple plays on economic growth. They have a fairly traditional banking model, a bit like the UK banks of old, where they take deposits, lend for mortgages, lend to small and medium-sized entities enterprises, have credit card businesses, have wealth management businesses increasingly, and typically are not involved in proprietary trading or terribly exotic products. So it's a very simple link into GDP growth. Uh, and we have large holdings in Singapore banks, which are amongst the strongest in the world as far as balance sheets are concerned, and have very hands-on regulators, which also gives us a high degree of comfort. And finally, Hugh, what are the key themes that you think are going to drive markets in your region during 2015? Well, I'm afraid, like the rest of the world, uh, we're all slightly gazing towards America and waiting for interest rates there. We all know interest rates should rise, but we're all guessing as to when they will rise. I think that aside, and these are things over which we have little control, the, the most important point for this part of the world is is really the continued economic growth in this part of the world. And, and clearly, this part of the world is growing at a, a higher rate than the rest of the world, is not growing at higher a, a rate as it used to grow, obviously, given uh, the quietness in Europe and quietness in the US. But it's still growing at a substantial rate in excess of the rest of the world. That's very important to us. Political stability very important to us. And generally, Asia has come through very, very strongly on that front and has matured as recent elections in India and Indonesia will show. And then it's all down to the companies to continue running focused businesses, which they're doing, 
and importantly for us, which is the great strength of Asia, is to have it on very strong foundations. So governments have very strong balance sheets, big surpluses, big reserves. Corporates are, are very strong, not too heavily indebted at all. And that's true at the consumer level as well, where the consumer is in a healthy state. Hugh, fascinating as ever. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chris. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.